Welcome to iPad Pros, the show all about using your iPad to be productive and get work done. I'm Tim Chen, host of the show. Use the affection. I think that's a big thing with time automations and location or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is use the time automation and then check what your location is and then you can base it off of that. So it's not like when I get home, do this, but if it's 5 p.m. and I am home, do this. And then that can kind of get you maybe 95% of the way there. Hello there and welcome back to another episode of iPad Pros. If you missed the last episode, make sure to check that episode out before listening to this one as that was the first part of the conversation you're about to hear with Matthew Castanelli all about shortcuts for iPadOS 14. In this part, we deep dive into all the Apple Watch automations, as well as all of these background automations that you don't even have to interact with your iPad to initiate, just all based on the time of day, which is really awesome. If you want to check out our past episodes about shortcuts, you can listen to episodes 41, 42, and 58. That will give you a comprehensive look at what was released for shortcuts for iOS 12 and iPadOS 13. If you want to support this podcast, you can head on over to patreon.com slash iPadPros. Every dollar goes a huge way and is greatly appreciated. Get episodes early and bonus content by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash iPadPros. And if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts, that is another fantastic way to support this podcast. With that, here's my interview with Matthew Castanelli, all about shortcuts for iPadOS 14. Welcome back to the podcast, Matthew. Hello. How's it going? doing well now let's fast forward past part one and a lot of the watch ones work without updating your apple watch like i'm running the phone beta but my watch isn't updated but some of these that you'll talk about will still run on the watch nice that's cool yeah um so there's ping my iphone which you have to have the watch enabled in order to use that feature i still haven't honestly figured out when i would use this is that when you lose your phone and it's in a couch cushion ping it to like make it sound yeah but where how do you run the shortcut (laughs) (laughs) or i guess it's on the watch yeah but you can already do that on the watch or if you shout to siri if you have a home pod i think it can already do that with the home pod so i i like (laughs) i'm sure there's some way that this is useful i mean i guess you could just have it happen in the course of something else going on like you just want to get an alert that something is happening can just really obnoxiously ping your phone sure Um, so there is more to that but i think on a basic way you could uh, have it as part of your alarm clock system when you wake up yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah i guess there could be some more i'll, I'll have to play with that one more yeah but, um the other ones are more for the watch settings so there's set always on set silent mode set theater mode and set water lock so and then the other one is set watch face which is very cool but with those that other set, I figured you could kind of have various modes that you wanted the watch to go into where maybe it's silent plus the screen stays off and the water lock or like the water lock one. Actually, I was like, I do wear my watch into the shower a lot of times, but I don't usually set the water lock thing. Yeah. And so I could kind of have a like start a timer for my shower plus play music plus set the water lock. Uh I don't know if I'll actually use that one, but yeah, for you could do a workout one, right? Where it's like you're swimming and set the water lock, and then oh, yeah. turn off. You, you can turn off the water lock as well, like in an hour later. Is that right? Um, yes. Okay. And then the uh, the big one in there is set watch face, which is oh, really I love cool. this one. Yeah, because then you can have your watch face automatically change, and I think the big thing for me even is 
I set up a choose for menu action in shortcuts with various options for the different watch faces. And what was really nice was I could give them names. So like mm-hmm. change to my workout face, even though I can kind of tell that this is the one I use for workouts, just actually having them named how I want to use them and not just infograph modular or whatever. <laughs> and like this a lot more personal. will run on the watch itself. And can this be inside a complication where you just have this little tiny complication you tap? And then you get to pick which watch face you want to jump to. Yeah, that should work. I haven't actually set that up, so I'd I'd have to like double check. But um, the main way that I, the one that I have now is on my iPhone home screen in one of my shortcuts folders in the widget stack. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have just like one that lets me switch between the various watch faces. But um, this is where I'm curious, and I don't. Maybe you've heard this, but I haven't heard anyone else say. Is I think you can have either unlimited or at least more than 40 watch faces now. I don't know. I haven't heard anyone else talk about this, but I was I was like, cool, I can set my watch faces. And then I just kept adding watch faces, and it just let me keep going. I didn't know there was a limit. Yeah, so uh, normally there's 10, but I have like a ton now. So, yeah, I have 33 watch faces on my Apple Watch. Yeah, I've had more than 10 in the past for sure. Hmm, okay, maybe I... Maybe that was a different limitation at some point, but yeah, sure maybe they have that again too. But at least with the now that you can actually take advantage of a lot more of those because you can move through it and have tons of different shortcuts all over the place. I haven't done it because I'm scared of what'll what I'll come out the other side with of just fifty watch faces all with every single one of my shortcuts or something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, I'm using yeah. this one now. My watch isn't updated yet, but uh, this works with just the iPhone talking to an old Apple Watch running last year's OS, and uh, I do it based on time. So at night, yeah. I turn it to the red, simple, just numbers where it's just kind of like my movie theater watch face. I use that at night to help fall asleep. And then during the workday, I've got stuff with the weather and all sorts of information. And then I think later after work, it's like the solar face, a little bit simpler. And so I kind of like throughout the day, have it just changing in delightful ways. I think I have one that's just set for to go on for an hour that just like a change of pace kind of thing. It's kind of cool. The time automation style can do that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm using it with the time automations as okay, a trigger nice. for that. Yeah. And we'll, well talk- are you on iOS 14? I am. Wait. My watch is okay. not, but my phone is. Oh, okay. I see. Nice. Yeah. And that is just the automatic. You're not doing anything. It's great. And we'll talk yeah, about that in a little that's bit. That's my favorite yeah. thing with shortcuts this time around is this background automation stuff. You don't need to interact with it at all. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to build out one of those select menu of all my watch faces I use frequently and then yeah. have that. That seems amazing, especially with them deprecating force touch, which will make it more annoying to change watch faces. Yeah. So. Well, do you, you can still swipe from edge to edge at least. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to do it. Yeah, but it's not super discoverable. But I think the overall what's going to be so cool about that is you can share those watch faces now. And so people can pass those back and forth and then you can have unlimited. You don't have to worry about, I mean, well, in theoretically unlimited. And then you can also take advantage of them with shortcuts more often. That's really cool. And overall for the watch too, it's a little, it's been hard to test with the betas, but a big thing that the watch is going to do is enable you to do things with Apple Watch that there's no app for. So if it it has a shortcut support and it works on the watch, you can use that app, but you can basically use it on the watch even if there's no Apple Watch app for it. So I think that's kind of something that's 
subtle that a lot of people, it's not like super clear at first, but it's suddenly the Apple Watch itself now has much of the power of shortcuts. Or there's a handful of actions that don't work, like getting your clipboard and things like that, which are slightly disappointing for a nerd like me who wants to, like basically, you could be like typing on your Mac copy and paste from your Apple Watch using a shortcut. (laughs) But I think just the data transfer isn't that reliable. Like they don't have universal clipboard on your watch, so that doesn't work. Um, Yeah, if you had a shortcut that like downloaded a video for you to watch, could you watch the video on your watch that way? (laughs) um, You could. They have the video (laughs) display thing. But I mean, a lot of it is here I've actually got. It's just things like showing notes can't open into those apps on your watch. Right. Um, or pretty much anything that has a Which pop-up. Which really sucks we don't have notes on the watch yet. Yeah, right? that's kind of... Come on. Even, I don't think show reminders list works on the watch if you use the shortcuts for it, even though that's a new feature. So it's kind of weird. I I'm, I think the goal is mostly to have it be like you're running a Siri shortcut from the watch, not running shortcuts on your watch you know what i mean do you know with omnifocus they have a watch app do do those play nice or have you tested any of that yet i don't think so and omni hasn't been doing any betas or anything like that so i'm not sure yeah but i think that i could see that being a realm that they would tackle but is even just for sometimes the first version is not reliable enough yet so. And do you know the phone has NFC triggers? Does the watch get that ability? It does not. Yeah. Okay. I think that that would be that would be the killer feature. It's being able to tap your watch to stuff. Yeah. Um, that they need to do that. But I think it's again like kind of the same thing where the watch is kind of like a mini shortcuts where you might need to test your shortcuts before you can actually make sure that they work there. So that's kind of like, like I said, I have 200 of them. <laughs> I'm like, okay. How's this watch app compared to the old workflows watch app that we had? I think it's pretty similar. I will say I could never get workflows to work, the workflow app to work because I had too many. And so it would <laughs> constantly overload and not basically be able to just transfer them back and forth. Yeah. So it works, so I love it. Um, <laughs> I kind of always assumed they would bring it back since they had it before. It makes a lot of sense, but it's pretty nice just to have that little functionality there, and it does add a lot more to the watch that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. But I think it's kind of one of those things that I'll probably play out with that a lot more over the next six months and really understand how it is because it just being buggy on the betas is, is kind of crummy. But the nice thing about the Apple Watch shortcuts is that you can manage them from your ipad so it's kind of a auto category along with the share sheet now in shortcuts Mm -hmm. and so you can manage those from a different device it won't show the watch actions themselves because there's no watch out for ipad but that is great that you're not just like stuck on your phone trying to manage all of the watch stuff if you do have an ipad no uh editing shortcuts on your your watch quite yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, this is absurd, <laughs> right? Yeah. Why aren't Why aren't these magic variables watching working on my watch? <laughs> oh. When uh, we're able to take Ubers and stuff again in the distant future, uh, the request a ride ability seems like a no brainer for the watch. Mm-hmm. If that works, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. I think that's one of those ones that's like the the front effort of testing that alone is pretty high, just to be able to <laughs> right. really rely on your watch to 
to request that. But I, I think I've done the, it from their apps before. Uber and Lyft had or have apps, and I've actually done that before. And they get it very angry because you can't tell the destination in the Lyft app. You're just like, pick me up, please. <laughs> They're like, where are you going? It's like, I'm going here. I think Lyft might have gotten rid of their Siri thing, maybe for that reason, because I, it was in the launch advertising, but they don't have shortcuts for it anymore. So it's kind of okay. Yeah. Exercise seems like a big one for the watch as far as what you build for this for mm-hmm. the watch. What are some of the other big examples, watch face changes that you'd be building here? I'd say a lot of kind of quick awareness things like what's my next calendar? I mean, I have been just running into like, why don't you just look at the watch face for some of these types of things? Yeah. I think quick control of music in podcasts will be good um, and kind of like awareness of weather type things. Right now I'm using the air quality thing every single day because multiple times a day because we're only been able to open our windows for three hours out of the last week um, because of the smoke here in California. So there's definitely like a lot of little things that you could use there. Um, I have a lot of type of, yeah, I use um, Endel to, Endel? I, I don't actually know how to say the app's name, but it creates kind of white noise soundscape type mm-hmm. things. Um, I use those to switch between, which is nice. It's definitely a subset of what I do with shortcuts and how you use the Apple Watch too. for many people is barely at all. And so... I think it's going to be a bit of a paradigm shift in order to use shortcuts truly on the Apple Watch and use the Apple Watch like an actual computer and not just kind of like a thing that will track your data and notify you of messages or something like that. So it's it's going to be hard to really get a ton of advantage out of it. But I think in many ways with shortcuts, a lot of the features this year kind of just like build on each other where being able to change the watch face means you can now use more watch faces, which means you can use more apps, which so there's like a lot of knock-on effects that take a while and maybe, especially if you're stuck in your ways, like new ways of thinking and actually trying to use the watch more. Yeah, and I'm curious how much of it will work totally independent where your phone's at home and you're out taking a walk and you could just run stuff on your watch. So they'll be curious to test and see how much can you actually yeah. do. Yeah, it should do a good amount. They designed it for that use case, but I think how it integrates with an app is a little bit testier. Like, yeah. I end up doing a lot of fancy things, but I mean, if it goes through web requests, it yeah, should it actually APIs. work. Yeah. yeah, so like, I remember that. Like, I can't remember if it was last summer or two summers ago, but I was on a walk. And made an API call with my AirPods, and I was like, I think I might be the only person who's ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you have the cellular Apple Watch, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, text input you could do via dictation or the Scribble thing, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't think I've actually used Scribble with a shortcut. Now that I'm thinking about it, but that is a cool feature of iPad. That overall, I mean, the whole trackpad situation plus Scribble, I I noticed it had me taking my iPad off of the keyboard a lot more and even being like willing to take my iPad away from the keyboard and just use it as before I felt like I always had to carry it with me. Yeah. It's funny you went to iPad because uh, I was talking about you're on the watch in the old scribble oh, I see. <laughs> thing there. I yeah, on the iPad that. too. Yeah. Yeah. New scribble thing there. 
that does I don't remember if I clarified before too that it's with the watch and with the widget on the iPad and iPhone you now can use shortcuts that enter text pretty much anywhere which is great and date pickers and things like that that was a big limitation of the shortcuts widget before was anytime there was text you had no way of entering text because it didn't pop up the keyboard and yeah the watch always did that so they kind of merge those all together now and then another thing that's not really ipad related but you know whole shortcuts ecosystem newer iphone models have this back tap trigger thing do you know what models that supports is it like iphone 10 and later or what what is this all about i don't actually know the specific model definitely people on reddit have figured that out but it's an accessibility feature that I think it originally is aimed at making that whole triple click gesture that you were referencing earlier yeah. for an accessibility shortcut that can then be set to either run one accessibility feature or show a menu of accessibility features. In general, that's kind of like a weird gesture as you have to hold your phone and press the thing three times. And so for <laughs> a feature built for people who have accessibility needs, having some sort of very specific motor function doesn't always line up. And so I think they tried to basically make it easier for people who actually can't necessarily trigger that in a certain way, have a way to then double tap or triple tap on the back of the phone to launch those access- that accessibility menu or straight into a feature. But part of what they've done in the last few years and even originally acquiring Workflow, they said in the whole TechCrunch article this is partially about accessibility because it's very important to Apple. And when you have an application that means you can do multiple things with one tap, that is an accessibility action application by default. So what's re- what then that means for shortcuts users and power user nerds like me basically is that you can use those back tap features to run your shortcuts. And whether or not you have accessibility needs, utilize that to basically have a quick way to run one or two of your shortcuts. And so it's pretty fancy. One of the <laughs> one of the best examples is there is the ability to launch the Amazon Echo app or the Google Assistant and start listening. And so people like MKBHD was tweeting, here's how you double tap on the back of your phone to launch Google Assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Apple PR was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's the first way this gets used. Um, right. But you can have a bunch of different quick features. Like I've also been experimenting with this and haven't totally nailed down something that I want all the time, especially because I, I do get accidental triggers where right now I have, I think double tap will toggle the lights in my office where I work. And then triple tap will open the notes app that I like to use just because I always wanted a quick way to capture stuff. But I'm pretty sure maybe one out of 10 times I put my phone down, my notes app just opens. <laughs> so like it's got a lot of false triggers. Um, it, it kind of just depends. I think maybe like my case or something like that too causes it. But that's a pretty neat feature. It's, it's probably, I mean, that's got to be the fastest way to run a shortcut at all is the double tap. So if you really have something that you use and want it ready, you could always set it to smart thing that you could do is have those accessibility shortcuts set to two shortcuts in your library that just use run shortcut. And then at any time you could switch whichever shortcut gets run and you don't have to always go change the setting. So you could kind of swap it out depending on what you need or I'm even thinking about it more. You could use an if action and depending on the time of day, it could do something different. So 
Yeah. There's actually pretty cool. There's more than I even realized until just now. So that's pretty neat. <laughs> and is that actually configured in the accessibility settings part of the iPhone? Like, where do you go for that? Yeah, that's kind of what I was. It's like almost like a little hack where in the same way that people use in automations, they'll often just put one run shortcut action and then go and choose the actual shortcuts. Um, you could set that automation shortcut to just be your back tab shortcut and then customize the shortcut itself in the library, which is nice. Gotcha. Well, something I want to dive into is what I'm most eager about with this update is true automation is finally here, Matt. Yes, it's wild. Not everywhere, but we have automations are automatic. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly. I like to call them like background automations. I guess it's the best word for it. You don't have to interact with it at all for a lot of these. I think the best way to say it is the don't ask when run Short oh email. yeah, there it's, you go. Oh gosh, <laughs> still don't ask. Um, right? Uh, yeah, but the main feature is that the time automations in personal automations for shortcuts can now be triggered without confirmation. So in every personal automation that you build with shortcuts, or most of every single one, can be set so that it will just show up at what whenever that trigger is met, and then you can tap that little notification and run your shortcut. There's a subset of them that you can turn off the ask when run feature is basically what it's called. And so they don't ask when run, meaning they run in the background, meaning they're actually automatic. And now time is part of that, which it didn't used to be. I will say location, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth are not automatic. And it seems like so far... They might not be unless people really push for it. Yeah, those would be nice. There's also a set of new automations that are automatic. Also, some of the new ones are not automatic to lovingly further that confusion. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So there's new automations for when you receive an email or when you receive a message, which is really cool, but those are not automatic. I will say in general, I think if you try to give them the benefit of the doubt instead of <laughs> maybe a, some people on Reddit do not do that. I think that they're trying to prevent stuff happening when you don't want it to. So right. if you just had shortcuts run anytime you got a message from somebody and then that shortcut did a bunch of things, somebody could send you 10 text messages and <laughs> suddenly 10 things happened and you didn't realize and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> right. So I think there's... The upside, while it is there, the downside is massive. Like you could send a message to your boss that gets you fired automatically using shortcuts and you wouldn't even know it happened. So like they're really trying to not have something happen on accident. Um, But it does kind of prevent from people from being able to really go to town with some of this stuff. The time-based automations are automatic. And so... Now you can have your iPhone or iPad do something as long as it doesn't require any sort of interaction at any time of the day, week, or month, which is awesome. It's very cool. Like the month thing especially is you can have all of these schedules going off. Oh, like you you pay your credit card, you know, open up that website to pay your credit card uh, this day, the month, every month kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think again though the... Like I was going through some of these ideas with my girlfriend and it's like, do you really just want to be using your phone at 4 p.m. on a Friday and then it just opens the Chase app? And you're like, what? Like, So <laughs> that's still, I probably would just want to confirm. Yeah. Um, but there's, especially for just 
nerds like, oh, I want to back up all of my health data every night and it can automatically happen. Or I think a good one would be add the current or like the high and low for the day to the calendar every morning automatically or something like that. The battery level ones, those are automatic. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was I was just going to say is the battery level automations. And the battery level can be equals to, rises above, or falls below, which is really nice that has those different options there. Yeah, and then um, you can also do whether or not my phone is charging or off the char- disconnected from the charger, which is cool. There's a new for- feature in iOS 14 for wind down. So they've had the bedtime feature in the clock app for a couple of years, but now you can have it like 45 minutes before bedtime. There's the wind down feature that's like, hey, you should start getting ready for bed. And even here, there's actually, it's slightly confusing, but there's two ways to use shortcuts. Wind down as an automation trigger or there is a special set of wind down shortcuts where you I and I think this is only in the health app where you can set this up but it has a special subset even curated from the app store they're like you should do meditation with calm or use your chill playlist or something like that and then when you're in wind down mode before bed there's kind of like a barrier before you get into your phone that says like you're in wind down but there's a button there that says shortcuts. And when you tap that, it will pop up a list of your wind down shortcuts. And then you can basically have it automatically like I want to, oh, this is like my bedtime one or my evening routine. Whenever you get into that wind down moment, you can have a set of shortcuts always show up there in addition to having something automatically go off when wind down starts. Or even there's the, the bedtime or when you wake up and disable the whole sleep feature thing. Those are automation triggers too that are fully automatic, which is, it's like so much. I'm still extremely disappointed that I can't change the color filters through shortcuts. So the wind down, I'd love to have it do the red color screen thing at night through wind down, but that's not Hmm. a thing still. Like the accessibility feature? Exactly. Yep. Ah, that would be good. I think there's a lot of accessibility features that they're, Slow, like they added a ton last year, and those sound recognition ones are new this year. But um, there's some specific ones that they they still could get to. Um, I think those would be really useful. Yeah, for sure. The last automation then is, that is slightly changed is open app is now just app, and it works in response to opening and closing apps. So before you could just only have it happen when you open an app, but now it's like when I get into Twitter alert me hey stop going on twitter you dummy and then when you close twitter it's like finally you made the right choice you did it um (laughs) or time tracking automations are going to be great as well i think it's it's kind of like this whole thing every time you add features to shortcuts like if you just count there's i mean i almost think of like dudley and harry potter where it's like i had more last year like i had more features last year but Mm -hmm. time automations alone Every one of those automations isn't an addition. It's a multiplier. It's And a lot of these things are multipliers for what you can do. So when there's 300 actions and shortcuts, you multiply that by each time, each of the ways you can, each of the devices you can use it on, Apple Watch now, and all of these automations too. So suddenly it's it's not like we got 40 new actions or 20 new actions. It's we got like, five million permutations of how you can use shortcuts <laughs> which is why i'm like oh god how do i manage this but <laughs> and you can also do the uh, automation if you start or end a apple watch workout 
that runs independent? That was in iOS 13. Also. It was. Is it one of those that requires you to tell it okay to do it? Um, no, those are those are fully automatic also. And, okay. and even reali- in reality now, you can start a shortcut that triggers that automation because of the start workout thing. But I use that with AirPods Pro. Anytime I go on an outdoor walk, it turns on transparency because I don't get hit by a car. And that's great. Like um, at one point in the beta, shortcuts wiped out all of my iPhone automations. And so I haven't reset up all of my NFC triggers because I had so many and it was brutal. Um, but that watch one, as soon as it was gone, I noticed it because I was like, I was walking around outside of no clue what's going on. <laughs> so that was terrible. <laughs> But um, the, those are those are nice. And I love that the time of day ones can be based on sunset and sunrise. So you'll do like you know thirty minutes after sunset, do this different watch face because you know that's when you're probably winding down. Yeah, exactly. There's I think what's I like most about the automation features is it gives you a lot more specific ways to use shortcuts. When I set my phone down, when I wake up, when I'm in wind down, and there's a lot of natural universal routines that people have when they do that so i think the like uh, the automations will enable you to use more of what maybe wasn't you couldn't take advantage of in shortcuts without manually choosing to do it now it can kind of bring it forward and the the email and messages stuff thing i think are pretty powerful like whenever i get this email for a receipt open the deliveries app or when I get this email from my boss, I can like set up the weekly report on Fridays and it, it can just do it for me right after that. And yeah. I don't know how to think about it. So yeah, I, I hope those to get truly automatic. Might see some horror stories after <laughs> that. Like I, I don't know if you saw, I retweeted somebody who said that day two of, of homeschooling, his son found the shortcuts app and sent his wife messages repeatedly for 10 minutes before they had to like disable <laughs> both of the devices. And I was like, yes, that's terrible. That sounds the worst, but that's so funny. I did that as a demo once to somebody with a shortcut for jokes, like generate mm-hmm. uh, 1,000 jokes and send it as a text message. And I think I did that, and uh, they got a lot of text messages. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I hate you. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> yeah. Something I just thought of is... It'd be amazing if your iPhone knew if you were connected to a charger via wireless or wired. And if it was Mm -hmm. wireless, if it would kind of like run a shortcut that was like kind of the old palm kind of standby mode type thing. And if it was just a plugged in thing, it would just not do anything. Yeah. I I definitely thought about that with Qi chargers. Like if you did use that and had the one on your desk that you keep your phone up, like it could turn the brightness all the way up or something like that. I'll probably, I was just thinking of the time automations one. I have a shortcut that I've had for a year. I wrote it for the suite setup on workflow, but it takes um, all of those curated playlists in Apple Music. The They're updated once every week. And now it's just going to, every time that gets updated, the next day or whatever, I will have a shortcut that automatically runs that takes those lists and adds them to a master playlist. So I have, oh, over time, 10,000 chill songs to just listen to. And yeah. Apple keep them all for me. It'd be also really cool if you could combine, if I'm plugged into power and it's after 5 o'clock, do this. Like have yeah, that, totally. That, you can. Oh, you can. Um, okay. Use the affection. I think that's a big thing with time automations and location or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is 
use the time automation and then check what your location is. And then you can base it off of that. So it's not like when I get home, do this. But if it's 5 p.m. and I am home, do this. And then that can kind of get you maybe 95% of the way there. So you'll set up the automation. And then in the automation, you build out the first thing is if I'm this, do this stuff. If yeah, I'm not, like don't get do anything. It'll, it'll still run. You just won't know about it. Yeah, or, exactly. If yeah. nothing... Well, it will show you the notification in the lock screen, area yeah. later, but it could kind of be like, I noticed you weren't home, so I didn't do anything. Right. You can customize it all. But yeah, I mean, you can you can go to town with it. Yeah. <laughs> do you see you, yourself setting up different ones on the iPad to run versus ones you do on the iPhone? Or how do you see that playing out? I, I'd say so, definitely. Because at least so far, I almost exclusively use them on my iPhone because it and in, in many ways, it's how it is responding to where I'm taking the device as opposed to the iPad. I don't necessarily have it with me or know or it doesn't always stay connected or something like that. I think the time automations one I will be able to use a lot more on the iPad. But I mean, I don't even think about when I charge my iPad. <laughs> I can imagine in a workplace environment, if we were going back in the offices as we used to, or some of us did, if you if you could integrate with your calendar. So if time automation at 11 o'clock, if on my calendar there's a meeting, which I normally have at 11, if it's on my calendar, do this, open the notes app and set to do not disturb, that kind of stuff could be interesting. Yeah, exactly. That's great. I mean, still, if you have that type of schedule with your work environment, that's good too. I think with iPad... I think I'm going to set up time tracking ones for my various folders of apps because you can say with the app automations, you can select multiple apps. And so I will. I think I'm just going to go through all of my video apps and anytime I'm using those, start time tracking for video. And when I'm done with them, stop. Because especially, I mean, like the biggest one is just that when I'm using Twitter, stop the other tracking. (laughs) (laughs) I clearly have a Twitter problem. I'll just admit it, but... (laughs) (laughs) And then, let's see. Is there anything else we haven't touched on that's been updated this year? Yeah, I mean, I think the main thing that is, again, subtle and by nature, we can't really test it in the betas, is what app developers can do. Because... Now in iOS 14, Apple's added a lot more functionality to the intents that developers can add. So I think the first year was a a great way for people to get integrated with the idea of shortcuts. And then last year we got parameters, but I think there was a lot of the shortcut itself had to power the functionality. And so they've had limited memory. And so now the shortcuts will hand it off to the app and really let the app use its full power. And then what it can provide back is going to be even richer. So I think in a lot of ways, we haven't totally seen like the really rich developer shortcuts ecosystem that I definitely wanted at least. Um, So I think now there's a lot more like developers aren't necessarily working with like one hand tied behind their back or something like that. I think it's it's a little bit more parity with what shortcuts can do. Developers can take advantage of that full functionality. And so that'll be awesome. As iOS 14 comes out, there's going to be a ton more there. I think even widgets are slightly losing their interactivity on that some took advantage of on iOS 13. And so I do think some developers might lean more towards building shortcuts to replicate that interactivity. And then what you do is you put the widget stacked with the shortcuts widget behind it for that app. And so I can have 
the app widget showing on my home screen and then I swipe on it and behind it is all of these functions for that app that I use with shortcuts. So that's my like grand vision, but <laughs> we'll have to see more of what developers do. And why are they more powerful? Like they don't have to leave their own app as much or what's the big change? Basically before they were just limited by memory in oh, the same okay. way that the share sheet was. Yeah. So it just kind of couldn't do a full functionality thing. And I think even, I, I'm not as familiar just not being a developer myself and knowing which APIs and things like that you can call, but I think it just allows more capability that you might have hit the ceiling of before. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of developers, Neelai Patel, not of The Verge, a different Neelai. That's uh, <laughs> on, on Twitter. Um, should I reinvent the wheel and create an app like Toolbox Pro that targets super users as opposed to shortcuts community in general? If there is an app need in this uh, market of shortcut apps, where, where do you see that need? Um, I, I will say the way he positioned it, like don't reinvent the wheel if somebody, are, like don't make another Toolbox Pro. Right, we already have Toolbox Pro. already done that. But I think... There is the niche world of can you build an app that has shortcuts functionality. If he's going as as far as like it's only for shortcuts power users, I do think that realm is just like naturally smaller. But at the same time, shortcuts is on every single iPhone and iPad, and I think it's going to be growing more and more. But the ability to fully use parameters and variables and things like that is still more advanced. So it kind of depends on the idea. And like, I don't necessarily know if Neelay, uh, how much of a developer he is with, like, I don't know if I would necessarily start learning app development specifically to build a really powerful thing like that, as opposed to something that maybe has more of the the interface to it and something that works for both like pro users and like heavy power users things but i think it's i don't think it's fully saturated like there are apps out there and i haven't even fully in in many ways because of the lack of folder support i haven't been able to like toolbox pro literally has i think it has more actions than shortcuts or it's close so it doubles the size of it and fully taking advantage of that is I could spend a whole year just using his app. Um, so I want to promote a lot of those more, but I think it's it's still a, a, a realm worth exploring. Yeah. And then uh, Ashpole was wondering about the Numbers app, Apple's app. I don't think there's a way to integrate the shortcuts with that. Is that accurate? There is an add to spreadsheet action now, but I believe it still opens the app, which for me is kind of kills the point of being able to automatically kind of like create a CSV or something like that that you update, which you could do. A CSV is just use combined text by comma and you are creating comma separated values. So there is a way to do that type of data tracking using shortcuts already, but they don't have um, the iWork suite of apps or whatever. They don't have that great of shortcuts. I, I want to see a lot more from Apple themselves because yeah. there's a lot of power in there that I think maybe... I mean, what I'm hoping each year, I, th- I feel like I say this, but I'm hoping that the, the APIs themselves help Apple's own teams develop better shortcuts right. because until those exist, they don't have the route to go down as well. So yeah. maybe we'll see some of those in 14.1 or two. And then uh, multiple AirPlay destinations, is that possible in mm, shortcuts? No. AirPlay 2, is that <laughs> what that is he's asking about? Yeah, I mean, just being able to 
play across two home pods at once. No, you can't do it. Okay. That's I think it's some of those things again are probably technically more challenging than it seems like and even how you choose the UI is is a pretty specific way it seems like. They have a kind of device portal where in like even the Apple TV actions when you choose which one to play it on, it will have you specify the devices first. Yeah. And I don't think those are like multiple select type functionalities because it could break somewhere else. So <laughs> I don't I don't want to give them excuses though. Like I want that. I yeah. want AirPlay to it. And I've wanted it this whole time. So that is long overdue, I'd say. Yeah, that'd be great. And then uh, we touched on this earlier, but yeah, more accessibility shortcuts would be great. I am missing uh, one and four one for many years now. And I'd like that to be added as well as all the other ones. Accessibility should be all, all of that should be accessible mm-hmm. here. And you were saying that's the display color? The color filters where you okay, can yeah. col- filter out all the blue light and just have it completely red. Yeah, that's good. Um, and then, yeah, anything else we didn't touch on that you want to before we wrap it up? Um, let me check on those questions. Was there another? Okay, it's like, I want you to make a video. <laughs> <laughs> this Not is an fair. audio podcast. Um, that's on the plan. <laughs> I did a whole stream covering every single feature of it. And then I was like, Oh gosh, like it, I did hit the wall of, I have so many shortcuts that it it got really hard to share it with people. And it's made such a big difference for me, like just feeling unblocked now that, and the trackpad stuff made a huge difference just in terms of like, I will say I still do all the same stuff. I still could do all of this before. And I did. Although now when I use the iPad without the trackpad, I'm like, this kind of sucks. So like, I get why people might not have jumped on this realm before that now it, I won't say it's a no brainer because it costs a lot of money, but yeah. there's not like a major drawback. Yeah. With the trackpad for video production, it's really helpful the way they implemented it because of the focus UI kind of thing where you're able to emphasize what you're hovering over in a kind of very mm-hmm. visual way. Yeah. I it's I, I think what, I'm just getting from it is overall with the iPad now and these new changes is just the flow of being able to actually get the things done and then stop when you're done with it. And I really wish the widgets came out from the home screen and you could have more of a a way to dive into that scene. Like, and something in iOS 14 that you can on iPhone, you can hide a home screen. And so you can have, like 20 home screens and then hide just the right one. I want to change home screen action for shortcuts because then you could have it automatically change any time of day in response to things. That's when it's like, oh my gosh. And mm-hmm. I think with iPad, a lot of times I will sit down and see like a thousand icons and I'm like, what do I do on this thing? Because I have so much, it can do anything also. And that's one thing that I do like about shortcuts in my folders is it narrows it down to the jobs that need to be done and takes me to that app and puts it in my face and then I can just do it. And sometimes it like trips me out even when I have automated something and I'm like, I'm just done. I don't, I should take more time, but now I just have free time and I feel like capitalistic guilt of (laughs) I should be working all the time and crap like that. So I'm excited for shortcuts in iOS 14 to become more accessible to people in how they work and how they can use them. And it will kind of, I feel like it's slightly being, it's not being forced on you, but like with the widgets changes and a lot of the extensibility for apps, I mean, I think for developers, in order to be on your 
phone's home someone's home screen now is a whole different story with widgets and things like that and it's you might get relegated to the app library or something and right. making your app extensible through shortcuts that can show up in the series suggestions widgets those are so good like i have a home screen that's fully suggested apps right now oh i love the suggested apps widget yeah, that that's is so cool. my the top two lines on my iphone and I might have maybe five other apps on my home screen. Most of the apps are just suggested apps. And I really wish the iPad had that ability. Exactly. Do you have like where when you have multiple of the series suggestions widget, it will account for that and have show you eight instead of just I two of the same. I did know four. that. Yeah, I have, I have the iPhone SE. So currently I have the, that widget up top and then four apps that I chose, then three apps in the dock. So I have seven apps that I chose and the rest are series suggested. It's great though. It just works. It does. It's yeah. wild. It's, it's like, so smart. If you are very meticulous about your home screen, you might resist the idea, but... It just is like, I want to use this app and it's on my home screen all of a sudden. And it's kind of like, it's going to be a whole, it's going to be a shift, I think, that really is starting this year. Maybe it will like kick into next gear next year or something like that too. But time-based automations, you can control your Apple Watch. Every, I mean, there's the whole mountain of shortcuts features that people still don't even take advantage of because they never did in the past of, home automation and calendars, reminders, all that. It's like, I'm personally very excited because I feel like I, I kind of did hit a wall last year and didn't make a ton of videos. And now I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to share. My library is all ready to go. And even I've been working on this whole big project of making them easier to share with people. So I'm yeah. super excited about that. Yeah, and I really understand Apple's like, we have the widget sidebar on the home screen for that main screen, but pages two, three, and four, we should have widgets if you don't want to do it on the like first screen. Whatever. I don't even have, I put everything on the front home screen because otherwise yeah. I'm just not going to use it. An app library would be so helpful on the iPad. <laughs> like, yeah. I have more unorganized stuff on my iPad than anywhere else. So yeah, it's <laughs> infuriating with that. So hopefully, you know, we'll get that at some point and they'll change their stance as they get feedback. Yeah, I mean, I will say like, I think a lot of people... If you want this stuff, tell Apple. Like, I don't think they just can sense that how we react to these types of things. And I think communicating how important it is to you, I think, goes further than people suspect. Like, sharing it online, make a blog post, rant on podcasts like I do. (laughs) It's like, please add this. I will use this every day. Like, it's not just something for nerds. Like, there is millions and millions of devices out there and everybody has their special paths that they want to go down and if apple just kind of doesn't make that possible those people are never going to be able to take advantage of that but it's it's uh, i get frustrated because it's like i just do it and then i'll i'll show you that it's worth it it's i don't know i gotta prove those out more yeah up ahead but (laughs) so where can people find your work and what you're up to these days i want to send people specifically to my website. I'm going to be launching something on September 1st on my website, a new way to get at shortcuts, the shortcuts I've created and ways to browse it. But I'm going to be sharing a lot more about shortcuts on my website. And basically from now on, you'll be able to get a lot more shortcuts there. So I'm super excited about that. I would love people who are listening to this podcast to seem like the absolute perfect crowd. So please sign up, check it out, matthewcastinelli.com. There's going to be 
lots of fun stuff. And then, of course, I have my podcast, Smart Tech Today, on Twit. Um, we're actually going to be recording a little bit earlier going into the future. Um, I think 11 a.m. on Mondays, starting in two weeks. And then uh, the show comes out after that, wherever you get your podcasts or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then I have my YouTube channel as Matthew Castanelli. And starting with iOS 14 launching, I'm going to be kicking back videos and streams into gear. So I've got streams on Twitch and Twitter too, kind of all over the place. But yeah, you can always find stuff on my website. I'll be linking to it all there. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I always enjoyed these yearly catch-ups with what's going on with shortcuts and no different this year. This was amazing learning about what, uh, we're going to be able to do pretty soon here yeah thank you for having me on i always have a blast and clearly there was a lot to talk about and so i hope people can take advantage of it and ask more questions like this is a collaborative process of figuring out how to use this stuff and so many times people have awesome ideas that i would just never think of so always feel free to hit me up tim you too like if you want stuff for your podcast and stuff let's let's get it all automated i love doing that absolutely that sounds great awesome well, that's my interview with Matthew Castanelli. Make sure to go to MatthewCastanelli.com to get access to his new Shortcuts resource. Thank you to Matthew for his time recording today. And thank you for your time and attention tuning in to this week's episode. With that, I'll talk to everyone again real soon.